Therapy friends, this is Fun Therapy, and my name is Mike Foster. And together we're going to dive into the messy and brutal, but oh so beautiful parts of our not so perfect stories. And we're going to do it with a smile. May we never grow tired or weary of starting over. And may we never consider our weaknesses to be the most defining part of who we are. And when we slip and when we fall, may we always look to love to scoop us up in its arms. Let love be our home for recovery, the rehab for every broken part of who we are. For love has a way of making everything right when everything seems to be going wrong. It has a way of pointing us to our, our better selves and to a path that leads us to the place we were always meant for. My name is Mike Foster, and this is Fun Therapy. Friends, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining me today on this podcast, wherever you're listening. To Fun Therapy, I hope this is a few minutes of just encouragement for you and your heart and a good infusion of hope. So I want to, before we dive in, I want to talk to you and invite you to my new event, my new Fun Therapy event called Strongest. Uh, The registration is now open and we're half full, by the way, and it's only been one week which has me very excited because that means I'm going to get to meet a lot of you. And I also wanted to let you know, I opened up a few more spots. It's still going to be an intimate event. It's going to be a lot of one-on-one and, um, you know, I want want us to have conversations. It's not just kind of a big old conference thing, but I opened up a few more spots to make sure we have room for you. And if you want to come, it's May 16th and 17th in Carlsbad, California. San Diego area. The event is called Strongest. And it's a workshop to help you become more of you, to equip you with life skills, to live the life you were created for. It's uh, two days filled with teaching and conversations and some experiential stuff. We're going to do some Q&A, so we'll talk specifically about some of the things you're working through in your life. I'm also inviting everyone over to my house for a big dinner party on the first night, which will be super fun. And I know the San Diego weather is going to be epic. I think it should be. Uh, We're going to do also a live taping of the Fun Therapy podcast. So if you want to see how we do that and kind of get a behind the scenes look at some of uh, the conversations that we have here, you'll be able to do that at the event. Invest in yourself invest in your personal development this year, invest in your heart and your passions. And you can learn more about Strongest, the two-day event coming up in May at my website at mikefoster.tv. That's mikefoster.tv. And just click on the little graphic that says Strongest. All right. Also, the best thing you can do for any podcaster is to subscribe and to review their podcast. And here's the deal. There's lots of amazing podcasts out there. I love listening to podcasts. I'm so inspired by 
all the content that's out there and all the different voices that are out there. There's hundreds of thousands of podcasts right now, which is wonderful. So much goodness. So when you rate and subscribe to the Fun Therapy Podcast, that actually really helps us. It helps uh, and impacts the app, Apple's algorithms and helps others find this podcast too. So if you don't mind, take a second and hit those stars or leave a quick review. That will really help and uh, just a nice thing to do for uh, for this podcast. So rate and review. And then finally, I wanted to tell you, I got some upcoming speaking events, engagements, hopefully in your area. I'm going to be at Catalyst in April. Uh, I'm going to be at District Church in Sacramento in the Sacramento area next week. Mid Orange in Atlanta. Also the Rethink Leadership Conference. I'll be at the Philo Conference in Chicago. All those dates are at my website, mikefoster.tv, and you can get all the information there. So I want to talk to you today about owning your story instead of your story owning you. And too often we feel defeated by our past. We feel defined by our past. We feel so much discontent about how life is turning out. And my mission, my calling for the past 15 years has been to help people stop believing the lies they believe about themselves to step into their dreams and their passions and to live from their core talents and to really experience life fully alive, to live really into this beautiful truth of, of who they are and how they were designed. And in order to, to live in this truth and to build this new truth, we must first dismantle the lie. We have to deconstruct the lie we have to see where that lie came from and, and why we chose to believe it. And so I do these uh, two two day kind of one on one intensive intensives with uh, leaders and individuals. And one of the things we do is to walk through the most critical parts of their story. It's a it's a really important exercise that we do together because our story tells us so much about who we are and how we got here and why we're doing the things that we're doing and why believe why we believe what we believe. And so in this exercise, we, we literally take their story and we map it on my wall and we fill in all the details, all the dynamics of what was happening in those particular moments, in those uh, very important seasons of their life, those defining moments. And so we fill it out and kind of put it on this wall and it, it literally fills up the entire wall. And we then we step back and we ask the question, what is my story telling me? What is it showing me? And it's so rare for us to actually be able to do this, right? To, to unpack our story, to process our story, to capture the, the finer details of our story. And when we're able to do that and then to step back and look at it. And sometimes it's a story that covers four decades. And, and what's amazing about this process and when we do this is that when we stand back and look, 
you can see obvious themes, obvious patterns that pop up. And it gives us perspective on how we got here today in terms of our life. I often say to people that you have to collect the dots in order to connect the dots. And this exercise, this story exercise, does that for people. But what is most stunning to me is that somewhere along the way, in their story, an idea, a belief about who they were and who they are was planted. And often it gets planted in pain or trauma. And and these moments become a defining script for their life. And usually these defining moments, painful moments, happen early on in childhood or in our formative years and something toxic was planted. And then over the years it was watered and fertilized and tended to, usually by us, by the way. We had to sort of keep the lie going, keep the plant growing. And so it grew and it grew and it became such a normal part of our life. We just accepted it. We accepted the lie. We accepted this truth or this conclusion about who we were, our value, whether the world was a safe place or or a dangerous place. And, And what's so powerful is when we can see it as adults and we can look at our story and we can see these moments and these things that were planted and these beliefs that took root, we can see that pattern and we look at it in black and white with ink and markers and in this HD clarity on a wall when we can look at it with a trusted friend or advisor or counselor. You know what happens for people? Something clicks. They come to see that the lie is actually a lie or the thing that they thought was true is no longer true. And what they believed about themselves for so many years just wasn't true. And friends, I kind of want my own life in a way to be a warning of what not to do in these areas. I, I don't want you to do what I did about believing certain things about myself and about my own story. And I say this from my, my own experience. And I know many of you know that I, I have shared this before. Uh, about being involved in a, a boating accident. I, I remember one of the things that happened in my own story was that I began to believe a certain truth about that accident. And for those who you who don't know about this story or don't remember this story, I write about it in my book, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before. I was in, involved in a very serious boating accident where I ran over another skier while I was behind the wheel of a powerboat and um, the propeller hit the skier and just, it was a horrific accident, horrible accident. The, the individual would survive, but there'd be just permanent damage done to him. And even though it was an accident, even though it was a, you know, just really a freak accident, I, I still, took on all the responsibility. And I began to write some new scripts and some new stories about my life. And I began to actually have some defining moments that I would then myself water and plant and fertilize and tend to over the years to uh, make something that wasn't true, true. To give birth to a lie about 
my own story. And one of the things that I believed because of that accident was that the water was off limits, that the joy that I had found being in the water, by the water, on the water, I, water is just a beautiful thing for my, my life. But because of that accident, I wrote a new rule and a new script. And I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to, and I lived many, many years that way, believing that, these new rules. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I want you to look at your story. And I want to, I want you to, instead of your story owning you, I want you to own your story. And basically, here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to say to you. And I want you to listen, and not just with yours, but with your heart right now. I want you to receive some words that might be hard to hear, but also might be the most liberating thing you hear this week. And it's simply this, that your pain only defines you if you give it permission to. Your past only defines you if you give it permission to. Your worst moment, the thing that you think is the most important thing about you and why you are unworthy of love, why your life is not important, why you should not pursue your dreams and your passions, why you believe that you are broken. Your worst moments can only define you if you give it permission to do that. And so owning your story says, I revoke that permission. I am not going to live that way anymore. So owning our story, embracing our past, begins with asking a bigger question of our life. It means we have to have the courage to look at our story, to look long and hard and bravely and courageously at something that just might not be true about who we are. Your beliefs, you realize you were, you were taught them by somebody or some experience. You, you acquired them. You you pick them up over the years, the beliefs about yourself, the beliefs about the world, the beliefs about your value, about what you can and can't do. You acquired those beliefs. And I mean, think about newborn babies. They, they never say, I'm so bad at walking. I need to be better at this. You know, babies never say, oh, my tummy looks so fat, right? They just don't do that because we're not born with limiting beliefs or these toxic scripts or these, these lies. We're, we're not born with self-judgment or shame. We, we acquire it. We take it on. And the good news is that whatever you acquired, you can actually give back and you can return it and let it go. You can, you can stop at any point that you want to and just release it and be free. Let me give you a, an example of some beliefs that I have let go over the years. And this is kind of a funny one, but last week I had the opportunity to go 
see Kiss in concert. I was in Minneapolis and I, I looked on StubHub and I'm like, what's going on in Minneapolis tonight? And guess what was going on? A Kiss concert. They were on their farewell tour. And if you don't know who Kiss is, they're the guys with wear makeup and, you know, Gene Simmons and it, it's, it's a thing. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see Kiss. And the reason why I wanted to go see Kiss was not because I was a Kiss fan, but because as I was growing up, I had been told a particular story about Kiss. And the story I was told about Kiss was simply this, that Kiss was evil, satanic. In fact, Kiss, when I was growing up, this is what the authorities, I won't name who these authorities were, but these authorities said that KISS stood for Knights in Satan's Service. <laughs> no joke. No joke. Knights in Satan's Service. So I'm like, well, geez, I, I got to go find out for myself. I got to find out whether these people, this rock band are knights, soldiers for Satan. And so I bought my ticket. And I went to the concert. It was at the Target Center in Minneapolis and it was sold out. There was like thousands of people there. I'm like, okay, got to go go see for myself. See what kind of satanic evil things are happening at the Target Center tonight. And guess what I found? I found fun. <laughs> I just found rock and roll and kids and parents and guys wearing turtlenecks and other folks dressed up like Gene Simmons. And it was just a, a fun night. And by the way, I should say that there was more fire than I have ever seen in my life. And some of you can say, well, yeah, fire, fire. That, that's clearly Satan right there. That's hell uh, using fire. Uh, no, it was just a lot of fire because they're trying to put on a really good show. By the way, I should also say this, that they there wasn't a single cuss word the entire night. It was one of the cleanest shows I've ever been to. Uh, and I've been to some shows. Pantera, thank you very much. Bon Jovi, Skid Row, thank you very much. Um, but Kiss, wonderful. Entertainment. That's all it was. It wasn't evil. It wasn't nights and satan's service and yet i wouldn't have known that and i kind of knew it right because now i was an adult and i could look at this whole concept of them being evil as as an adult and look at it more objectively but it's it's interesting like how these ideas get planted these beliefs these words and so often we just live we live from from this place and it's time for us to to deconstruct that lie and you probably have a kiss story you probably have a kiss type thing that you need to look at that you need to go investigate that you need to ask is this really true and as i've worked with individuals on their story and their past and even as i've examined my own life I find that there's uh, these four approaches to life, four personality types of how we engage with the world and how we live out our story. And I want to unpack these four categories real quick. 
And I want you to think about like, do you fall in to any of these categories and which one might you be? And three of them are kind of unhealthy and one is actually very healthy in the way that we should approach our story. And, and so the first approach to life is what I call the justifier. And this is the person that finds an excuse and the excuse always makes sense to them in terms of why they're not living the life that they're meant to live, why are they not pursuing their dreams, why they're not, you know, having their voice be heard. It's it sort of blame, blame is their superpower. And it, instead of exploring, they are excusing. Instead of owning their story, they're being controlled by their story. And when you're a justifier, it is definitely a safe but ultimately miserable place. The justifier is eventually crushed by their regret for never really taking hold of life and stepping into the beauty of life and the opportunities of life. The justifier is often lonely and isolated because eventually friends and family stop engaging in their defeatism. And so that a lot of us approach our lives as, as the justifier. Okay, the second approach to life is what I call the delayer. And, and this personality type, they wait until the perfect conditions to live fully alive, to own their story and to pursue their dreams, to maximize their gifts. The, the delayer's favorite phrase is, now is not the right time. Often the delayer is a person who waits for someone to come rescue them from their story. Come save me from myself and and the sad thing is that no one ever comes. And so they wait and they wait and they wait and they delay and they never live their life. Okay, third category, the reflector. This is a person whose story simply mirrors other stories. They see what others do and then they do the same. They are reflection of their peer group. They are a reflector of what their parents want and not what they want. They reflect, I don't know, their religion, but never live out the beauty of what it means to have a relationship with their creator. The re reflector is constantly compromising their gifts and talents and gifts and you know, on behalf of, of living a story that, that makes sense to others, but, but never really makes sense to them. So it's kind of like you're a chameleon. You just adopt what everybody else is doing and you, you dilute and you water down the uniqueness of who you are. All right, the final, final category of approaches to life and are these personality uh, types that I see and how we engage the world. And this is just what I call the activator. And the activator, and this is this is what we all should be, the activator engages in the world. They know their story matters. They know each day is a gift. It's an opportunity. They wholeheartedly believe that their story is a contribution. Their life is a contribution. And so they contribute love and their art and their stories and their music and their ideas and their hopes. And they contribute themselves and sure, the, the activator is afraid at times, afraid of being judged, afraid of being criticized, afraid of you know making a mistake. But they they never let the fear have the final say. They 
they're not afraid of making mistakes or losing or failing or you know they realize that all of this is part of the experience of owning their story but the failures never define them and so let me ask you which one is your approach right now how do you interact with your life and your story are you owning it like the activator or do you just reflect what others want for you you're you're the reflector or are you the delayer you wait and you wait and you wait or you wait for someone to come rescue you from your story or are you the justifier or you find an excuse but you never find life So are you owning your story or is your story owning you? Are you at the mercy of what is happening to you powerless or are you bravely leaning in, asking questions about your pain, asking questions about why life is the way it is right now? Why do I believe the things I believe about who I am? And have you ever collected the dots and looked at them? Have you ever stepped back from your story and your history and looked with sober eyes, with courageous eyes? And have you looked without judgment or shame at your story and asked, what is my story telling me? So I want to close with four questions that you can use that I, I believe will help you. Your pain or your past doesn't get the last word it's not finalized and i want you to uh, ask four questions about your losses and your failures and your wounds and all the things that you have seen as a liability now begin to think about it be curious about it and so the first question i want you to ask yourself is this are there any conclusions that i have come to that might not be completely true things that you believe right now about who you are and what you believe about your past, what you believe about that painful moment. How might I shift that conclusion? What is the true meaning of what that situation meant in my life? So are there any conclusions that I've come to that might not be completely true? My guess is there are many. And so I want you to look at them. I want you to question them. Secondly, when you look at your pain and the trauma littered within your story, ask yourself, how can I use this? How can this be redeemed and transformed? How can what I think is so ugly become something powerful and beautiful? So how can I use this? That's the second question. The third question, ask yourself, why must I use this? Why is it important? Why is this moment, why is this thing that I've experienced in my past, why is this addiction and divorce and abuse and betrayal or whatever has happened to you, why is it me experiencing that important to helping heal the world, helping heal others? Ask yourself, why must I use this? And then the fourth question, and really this is an important question, is this, ask yourself, when will I use this? Are you ready 
to begin the work now? Are you ready to activate? Or do you want to wait? And friends, let me, let me be very direct. I will never rush you. God, your creator, will never rush you. Don't let others rush you. It is always your choice of when you will bring this gift to the world. But as your friend, let me, let me say this. Can I encourage you not to wait too long? And don't delay because of fear or what shame tells you, what you're afraid people might think or say about you. Do it on your schedule, but ask yourself, when will I use this? So the four questions, and I'll leave you with this. Are there any conclusions that I've come to about my life, my past, my story, my pain that might not be completely true? Second question, then ask yourself, how can I use this? How can I use this moment? And thirdly, why must I use this? Why must I leverage this and transform this? How can this be, be used to help others? And then the last question, when will I use this? Friends, I love you. And your story is so important. And I want everything that you desire for your life to be a part of your journey. And there's so much good in the world. There's so much beautiful things that await you. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live disempowered. You're not broken. Your past only defines you if you let it. And your worst moments can only define you if you give it permission to. Friends, it's time to own your story instead of your story owning you. I want to thank you for listening. Don't forget about registering for the Strongest Workshop. We will be talking more about topics like this and so much more. I'd love for you to be there. Just head on over to my website at mikefoster.tv backslash or forward slash strongest. Or you just go to mikefoster.tv and you'll find the link on the homepage. I want to say thanks to Sleeping at Last for the music. And you can learn more about Sleeping at Last at his website, sleepingatlast.com. And if this podcast has been helpful, this episode has been helpful, can I ask you just to share it online? Uh, screen capture your phone right now. Uh, it's been helpful to you. Maybe it'll be helpful to your friends also. Make sure to tag me in it. Also, if you're on Instagram, I'm Mike Foster 2000 on Instagram. I always love resharing your Instagram stories. Thanks again for listening. Keep the emails and the tweets and the reviews coming. And remember, friends, no matter what has happened in your story, that your setbacks can become your superpowers and honesty is always the best policy. We'll see you next time on the Fun Therapy Podcast.